What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out, what do you got? All right, with so many people traveling this summer, because we finally, you know, things have calmed down a little bit, you should know a little bit about your rights. So, Donald, this one's actually a little bit for you, too, because a lot of flights have been canceled, or in your case, a lot of them delayed. You have a lot of issues with that. Mm-hmm. Under a new federal law, airlines that cancel flights are required to give you cash payouts, not vouchers, to customers who decide not to travel if they inconvenience their plans. According to the Department of Transportation, consumers are entitled to a refund if a, an airline made a significant schedule change or significantly delayed a flight. A lot of us think, like me, I didn't know that I had to take the voucher. You get an email, you click, and you're like, okay, here's your you know, your money back, quote unquote, because you can use that flight later. Well, we don't need to take the voucher. We just have to call the airline to get the money back. I did not know that because I was always told that you could only get the voucher. Like you could not actually get your money back, but you can under a new federal law. Just an yeah, there's a girl on Instagram who's like a lawyer. I've oh, the, the chick that that tells you. Okay, so here's another thing. Because in in that video, she states yeah. that like if your plans are messed up, that they can pay for your like hotel and all this other yeah. stuff. According to the federal law, that is not true. What is what is her name? Um, the girl on Instagram who does all I that legal check. stuff. She's like a lawyer. Yeah, she's a lawyer. I will check yes. if my friend send it to me. Yeah, she's she does really like good. all kinds of like um, like insider airline hack kind of moves, right? Well, not mm-hmm. just that. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of airline stuff, but she just does a lot of hacks in general. She does, you know? yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. I need to know yeah. who she is then. I, maybe I'm talking about somebody I, else. I know, I know her face. I just don't remember her name. Yeah, I will find it. And I, I think it's Erica, maybe? You know what you're saying, though, Laura, about how like the airlines now need mm-hmm. to refund your money? Right. Sometimes, you know, how, like you've got miles with an airline, mm-hmm. and then they all of a sudden, I, I just got a, an email the other day from American Airlines. Okay. And I don't have a lot of miles with American Airlines, but I've got some. You and they sent, they sent me this email that said, hey, your miles are going to expire if you don't use them. Oh, yeah. I got in that from other from airlines. Founder, so. Erica Kohlberg. Oh, damn. That was quick. Yeah. I'm over here that going. What's her, how do you spell her last name? E-R-I-K-A-N uh, is her middle name, I would imagine. Uh, Erica N. Kohlberg. K-U-L-L-B-E-R-G. She has 3.9 million followers, dude. Wow. And all she does do give that like advice, you know, well, that's on like not, not who I was talking about. Now she got three point nine one million followers. Yeah. yeah. So Cappy just joined the team. She's well, good. here's the thing. So so back to this thing. So so have you guys ever had this experience where your miles are about to run out if you don't use yep. them? Yep, I lost my miles. So I went Well, I've I cl- never lost my miles. So I clicked on the email the other day and I'm like, okay, uh I'm gonna lose these miles if I don't use them. What do I do with them? And they told me though that you can use your miles for things other than just flights. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends. Okay, depends on the airline, depends on how you got the miles and all this other stuff. That well, is true. Um, I didn't realize I could use my miles that I'm not going to use on the airline for, like, hotels. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm going to try and do. I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to really do it or not. Yeah. I mean, you guys know I have problems with stuff like this. That's true. Yeah, you definitely have problems, mm-hmm. I know. You are very uh, yeah, but these are these are problems, George. That you know, th- this is the kind of stuff where I really problems. struggle. Yeah, this is where I really really struggle. You know, like okay, I've got these miles; they're gonna expire. I know I can use them for things other than flights. I'm planning on doing that, and then I never do it, and then I lose the miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, I, I realize <laughs> that you're not. Surprised. I mean, it's just, just I mean, the way. No I'm one at. should be surprised if you no. do anything that like ends up. Have you? Of- you, I, have you done your diet correctly already? Second no. day. Nope. Nope. Mm. Nope. No, but my exercise. See, I've, I've taken my exercise up. Now that I've taken my exercise <laughs> up, now I'm going to be motivated to start watching my diet more carefully. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. True. You'll see. Mm. I think. I hope. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So Ariel Hawani is going to join us in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, we will chat with him about uh, what went down in the UFC this weekend. And he does a great character on his podcast, The MMA Hour, where he turns into Ariel Heelwani. And we feel like Bergman needs to toughen up with Mason and Ireland a little mm-hmm. bit. So he's going to teach Bergman how to be a heel. All right. We're going we're gonna to kind of give him, clue him in on the Bergman, Mason and Ireland issue, let's call it. And uh, he's going to provide some, uh, some advice for Greg Bergman. Uh, in the interim, Cappy, so here's the deal. Tell me. So Sportico, who is one of these like sports business journal type 
uh, of publications. Mm-hmm. And they have a story today about how the Big Ten, which is where UCLA and USC are going to now, could potentially add some more of those teams from the Pac-12 because they can potentially kick out some of their current members. See, listen, that's what I'm getting at, George, is that when you are the Big Ten and you're strengthening yourself by adding USC and UCLA, when you look at what's left in your conference, obviously Ohio State and Penn State and, and Michigan and Michigan State, these are, these are schools you want to keep around. And and while you may tell me that Indiana has basketball tradition, that's true. They do. Well, Indiana's not leaving the Big Ten. Though. I'm not saying they are. I'm just yeah. I'm just giving an example that they've got basketball tradition, but they don't have a good football program. And looking oh, at like I don't know, but I mean, last year they didn't, but they were pretty good like two years ago, weren't they? Didn't they? Get, they got to like a big time bowl game. They, in two years. They've had like they had one kind of year where they where they did have like a pretty good run at things. Um, but listen, that's like you know that's like like for example. Um, Purdue. Purdue has a, a good football tradition. They've got a good basketball tradition. But when you think of the Big Ten, you think of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. You're not necessarily thinking about Purdue. Or here, look, better examples. Rutgers, Maryland. Yeah, these are those schools two don't belong. These yeah. are schools that joined late. You know, they, they came from the ACC and they joined late. Even Nebraska is weird there. Nebraska is very strange there. So, so listen, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, maybe Illinois and Indiana. These schools are fine, I would guess. Minnesota maybe even. But schools, like, if you're trying to get better, why do I have to keep you Maryland or keep you Rutgers or keep you, I'm just using it as an example, Purdue or Northwestern? Why do I have to keep you guys? When we're going out, we're getting USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, Washington, and Oregon. Why do I have to keep you guys? So yeah, I'm I, trying to strengthen myself by kicking out the lower-end guys and improving by going and getting their best guys. Yeah, I, I think Maryland and Rutgers would be out. So if you include UCLA and USC in the Big Ten, that makes it 14 again. And there will be two more schools that they would add. And now, if I were picking just Pac-10 school or Pac-12 schools, I would pick Oregon and Washington over Stanford and Cal. And I know you're talking about the San Francisco TV market, but those those two schools don't generate that kind of love in the Bay Area. I, I'm telling you, they don't. Well, I've been to uh, many Cal football games. Now, not in the last couple of years, but there were times where Cal football was really, really good. They've had some really great players come through their program. By the way, there was a time where Cal basketball was good, too. Not that they are now. Yeah. Um, I just think, though, that USC and UCLA are a partnership, if you will. And I think Stanford and Cal are kind of in a similar situation. And I think when the Big Ten looks at the schools in their totality, those two schools fit. I agree with Washington 100%. And Oregon, I think everybody would like to have Oregon, regardless of the TV market that they come from, because Oregon's got a big background, both in football and in basketball. And the obvious part of it is you're getting Nike and Phil Knight. Right. So, again, I'd be going after the best of the Pac-12, and, and, and that's and it. Here, here's what you need to do, because I, I just don't see Notre Dame paying their way out of the ACC contract. It's like The ACC contract is signed through like 2036 or something like that. Like, that's a lot of money even for Notre Dame. So, And by the way, you should have two other Western schools to make life a little easier on UCLA and USC for travel. I you Listen, sold. The question is, which schools are they going to be? Or Washington, Oregon, done deal. Get it at it. Let's get it done and if, kick out Maryland and, and, and Rutgers. It's over. Okay. And, and maybe maybe you go Maryland a screwed this thing up. They had they had a great rivalry set up with uh, in in the ACC, particularly with basketball with Duke and Carolina. They were always a powerhouse in basketball, and they've screwed the whole thing up. Here's a, another quick question: Why is it that we're all consumed with this number sixteen? Why can't a conference be bigger than 16? I mean, it could be, but 16 is nice and round and easy. It is, but you know what? So is 18, so is 20, no, no, so is no, 24. It's, not. it's a lot it's a lot easier if you're trying to do like um some sort of like let's say eventually these and I think eventually this is what we're going to get with these conferences on football particularly is we're going to get into like playoff scenarios. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like within the conference. So I, I think eventually that's where we'll be, where we'll have 12 games and like a couple of like playoff games before they even get to the national championship game. Because eventually the whole, uh, you know, NCAA aspect of this is going to be out the window and the football conferences are going to end up doing their own thing.
Well, I wonder, you know, we're talking about this Big Ten situation because of USC and UCLA and trying to figure out who might actually join them. And if conferences will say to some of their lower-end schools, like, we don't need you guys anymore. But, like, if you're some of these other conferences, like the SEC as an example, you know, you went out and you got Texas and you've got Oklahoma. But let me ask you something. Do you need Vanderbilt? No. Do you need Mississippi State? I mean, they are traditional SEC schools, so I think you do. Right, but that's what I'm I'm saying. They are traditional SEC schools, but Missouri saying, can get the hell out of there. Okay, so so there there are programs that you might look at and go, you know what? I don't think South Carolina really adds the value that Florida or Georgia do, or that Kentucky, you know, what they mean to us in basketball. You know what? South Carolina, we don't need you. And then if that were to happen ever. Then you've got these other schools from these other conferences that would just beg their way in to the SEC, whether they'll oh, ever look, win anything. I think the SEC will eventually add Clemson, Miami, and Florida State for sure at some point. And then here's the big problem for everybody else. And this is if you went to a school, if you care about your college team, yeah, and your team is on the could-be-left-behind list. Right, like your school. Like my school, true story, yeah. like, like yeah. my Pitt Panthers. You know, I hated when Pitt went to the ACC. And I would love for Pitt to have long ago gone to the Big Ten. They didn't do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm on the my school could be left out and we could be screwed list. Yeah. It's a bad sucks place to be, to be pal. Yeah, it sucks to be you. Yeah. And it doesn't just suck to be me. It sucks to be everybody like me. Yeah. Well, there's that, too. I mean, man, oh, man. It's like, what's going to happen here? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, am, am I going to not be part of all of this? Is it possible that if you're a Stanford football alum, you're like, wait, Stanford's not going to be associated with the four major conferences? Well, so Sports Illustrated literally in the last 20 minutes just reported that the ACC and Pac-12 are discussing a partnership with ESPN about like creating some sort of super conference TV network kind of thing where they'll play each other uh, a handful of, you know, there'll they'll be some cross uh conference matchups there'll even be potentially a championship game between the two conferences before you even get to it's what i'm telling you this is going to become a playoff system those two teams those two there'll be an acc and pac-12 championship then the winners of that will play each other and then that will give them a potential boost to get into the final four all that stuff is happening and the ncaa is going to be left out watch well i wouldn't have a problem with that i wouldn't have a problem with the ncaa being eliminated you know I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Uh, but, man, it, listen, can we just have this part of the conversation? USC and UCLA legitimately shocked the world. Oh, my God. Listen, I told you this when it happened. This thing, when Texas and Oklahoma happened, it was a big deal. There's no question about it. This USC move particularly with UCLA is the biggest move in college football history. Not even debatable, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's a, listen, just to go and keep this under wraps. I mean, even Bergman, Bergman, you would admit, USC is the card-carrying holder of West Coast football in college football. Absolutely. They are the if biggest thing there is. If they're good, the West matters. If they're not good, nobody pays attention. Absolutely. And by the way, the evidence of that is that when Oregon is really good, People are like, yeah, okay, great. They got nice uniforms. Yeah, they're cool. You know, exactly. I like the, I like those silver helmets. Those are cool. UCLA tried for a little while where they were trying to be that team, and it still didn't work. It didn't matter. It needs to be USC, just Although like UCLA Oregon, in basketball. Yeah, I mean, Oregon will. You know, Oregon just needs more. Um, Oregon just needs more time. Like they, you know, USC's been around for eighty years, dominating college football, and yeah, being but the team but Oregon, to carry Oregon, the torch on the West Coast. But, but Oregon can never have what no, they'll USC never be has. SC because they're not in LA. That's yeah, the no, key. I get that. That's right. the key. So yeah. they'll they'll never have that unless Oregon plans on being like the Chargers or the Raiders, and they decide we're going to move. We're still Oregon. We no, just happen to move to LA. Move. Like, we move, no, we moved about? to LA. We're we're a satellite campus in LA now. <laughs> so so we're the University of Oregon at Los Angeles. We you sound like me the and angels. us Remember us in Oregon angels? State. We're moving together. We're moving to LA. Remember when the Angels were the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? I do. <laughs> I do. That that now they're just the LA Angels, as if everybody just accepts the fact that they're the LA Angels. Right. When Even most of us still really call them that. the Anaheim Angels. Yeah. Yeah. They're not really in LA. 
Mm. Uh, all right, Ariel Hawani, a.k.a. Ariel Hilwani, is going to teach Greg Bergman how to be a wrestling heel on Mason and Ireland. That's coming up next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Sedano and Cap, he's the best in the business at covering mixed martial arts. Friend of the program, friend of mine specifically. Ariel Hawani, make sure you subscribe, download, and listen to his podcast, The MMA Hour. It is the best MMA podcast there is, of course, because he's the best in the business of covering MMA. Ariel Hawani, how the hell are you? My old friend, George. I thought you'd forget about my entrance music. I thought you forgot all about me. But here we are, reunited, and it feels so good. Back on ESPN Radio LA, my old stomping grounds. It feels good. (laughs) <laughs> so, Ariel, uh, do you know Cappy, my uh, partner here, Scott Kaplan? Of course, my fellow Jew. How are you, sir? <laughs> my Hebrew brother, what is going on? Vosmachsta, how are you, my man? Oh, all good. Good Shabbos. Mensch of all menches, Mr. Scott Kaplan over there. It's good. You know, I thought you guys forgot about me. I thought no. I offended you. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. So when I got the text last week, little short notice, you know, I had to break the news that we were just slammed over there in Las Vegas, and I just finished up my show, and uh, I said, no, of course, I have to be on. So here I am with bells on. Great to be back. Okay. Now, we have two things we want to discuss with you. So obviously, we want to talk about the pay-per-view this weekend, but we also need you to toughen up Greg. I'm going to need to talk to, if, you know, in a few minutes, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start with Ariel Helwani, but then I'm going, to, I'm going mm-hmm. to pivot later to Ariel Heelwani. Is that okay? Yes. Oh, yeah. Trust me. No one loves Hilwani more than Helwani. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. So l- let's start with the pay-per-view. Um, let- let's work our way down with I- Israel Adesanya. Look, he-, he wins that fight, but it just never feels like people are happy with him. Like he's got this kind of Floyd Mayweather thing where he's such a tactician. He doesn't take chances. He doesn't make mistakes. And it just feels like for as interesting as his entrances are historically, um, his fights tend to not be as interesting. And, and I love it because I love just the tactician a- aspect of it. But why is it that no one seems to love his fights? Well, look, they didn't love the last one and they didn't love the one uh, from pa- this past June, like a year ago. The one in the middle, Robert Whitaker, I thought was pretty darn good. And you have to appreciate who he's fighting to truly appreciate what he's doing. And yes, everyone loves the knockouts and they love the finishes and the submissions and the flashy stuff. And I think part of the reason why the fans are a little hard on him is because when he came into the UFC, he was giving us all of that. And so I think a lot of people were like, oh, this is great. We want more of it. But as you know, the higher you go up the ladder, the more money you make, the more there is at risk and the, the less you want to take chances. And honestly, I don't think Jared Cannonier is getting enough of the blame here. Like, I criticize him as much as Izzy, if not more. Izzy's the champ. Bring the fight to him. You want what he has. You want his belt. You want his spot. You need to bring the fight to him. Izzy's a great counter-striker, so he was probably waiting for that. And it just never happened. It never materialized. The other thing that I think people tend to forget is that, you know, two years ago, he moved up to 205, and it didn't go well. He's a 185-pound champion. And sometimes when you lose that fight, even though he didn't get knocked out, he did get beat fair and square by the then-champion Yambohovic, uh, you don't want to really feel that loss again. And so that could change you a little bit. I think, though, his next fight against Alex Pajeda, 
which we all expect it to be that, will bring out the old Izzy and people will be very happy. Uh, but I, honestly, I feel like people are making a lot out of this and it's not really fair to him. He's given us enough great fights. And, and also, as you know, sorry for being long-winded here. I'm just so happy to talk to you. There was a time where people were criticizing Anderson Silva for a good stretch. And now fair. no one remembers that anymore. So these yeah. things happen. Okay, so Ariel, I'm going to make an admission here. Um, I didn't watch the fights this weekend. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So, and, and I'm glad you said the word perfect. Here's why. You ready for this? Because what right. I really wanted to talk to you about today, and George will come back to fighting because we're going to ping pong together like this. Dude, your Buffalo Bills are the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl? Like, oh somebody my God. get me Here to football go. season already, will you? You opened up the box. That's right. Uh, I don't feel comfortable if I'm being honest about all this. I like when my Bills are the underdog. I like when people are sleeping on them. I love when they creep up on you. Remember, they were one of the favorites. I don't think that they were the, the favorite going into last season, and then they stumbled right out of the gate against Pittsburgh. Horrible week one performance. I think they got punched in the mouth and came back down to earth. Now, I do think that the sting of the loss in Kansas City, which I still think about all the time, and I maintain till this day, I'm sorry I'm talking to a Los Angeles audience, but if they win that game at Arrowhead, there was no chance they were losing the Super Bowl. They were going to whoop the Bengals at home, and then they were going to beat the Rams at home as well. There was no chance in my heart I will believe till the day I die that they would have won the Super Bowl, and that's what makes it so tough to, you know, to, to come to terms with. Uh, yes, they're the favorite, rightfully so. Thank you very much for Von Miller. Josh Allen, another year you know, wiser, another year better. Most of the, the core is back. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm, if I could just say, like, I, I just expect the worst. So I'm cautiously <laughs> optimistic. Scarred I'm not going to put fan. my chest out too much. Yes, Scarred Bills fan, Knicks fan, Expos fan. I mean, I'm just a tortured fan. Uh, Ariel Helwani, the best in the business of covering MMA, is a tortured fan, as you hear. You mentioned favorites. Alexander Volkanovsky was the favorite against Max Holloway. Um, look, I, I just think – I know Volkanovsky said he, he didn't fight his best fight the last time they fought each other. I thought he dominated the last three rounds after kind of feeling him out. But this thing – I mean, this wasn't even competitive in, in my estimation. Um, what is next for someone like him? He is, he's been so incredible – um, in this run that he's had. Oh, and I'm so happy he's finally starting to get his due because he's won 22 fights in a row. He hasn't lost since 2013, and that loss was at 170 pounds. He's fighting at 45, 145 pounds. And, uh, you know, he's a former rugby player. Like, the guy has really reinvented himself, and he's an absolute beast. And honestly, I, some people say it's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. I would put his resume up there with the great Khabib Nurmagomedov, and I think he has had a tougher UFC run than Khabib. That tells you just how good this guy is and how highly I think of him. Um, the thing is, right now, 45 isn't the sexiest. There aren't a ton of big names out there. You know, fighting Holloway three times is great, but right now there isn't a, a surefire thing, and he has talked about going up to 55. I don't like it. I like to see dominant champions who reign supreme for many, many years. Look what happened to Izzy. He goes up to 205, he stumbles, he comes down. Maybe he's a little more, you know, cautious afterwards. I just say keep lining them up and someone will emerge. A foil will emerge. Uh, the more he wins, the more money he makes, the more popular he gets. So he's hinted at wanting to go up to 55. I would advise against it. There are names out there like Josh Emmett, like Arnold Allen, uh, Yair Rodriguez is fighting in uh, two weekends. There's always going to be names, but right now there's not like a surefire name. All right, Ariel, remember, George and I are going to play a little ping pong here with yeah, you. I didn't watch great. the fights. This is great. This here is great. And, then, the and then George and I, I are going to meet you, in the middle. If I were you, I would have faked it. and just. But I appreciate the honesty. That's why you're a mensch. Well, thank you. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to, you know, fake it for you because I told and, everybody and yesterday way, I didn't watch it. Excellent work by Laura and Greg finding that ping pong sound you just played. Play that yeah. again. Yeah, there it is. That's yeah. that's high level production here. That you that's exactly what that is. Because because really now we're ping ponging. So now let me come back to you, Ariel, with something else. So I'm oh. a Pitt football alum. You're a Syracuse alum. George and I have been talking a whole bunch about USC UCLA going to the Big Ten. And what I'm worried about is my Pitt Panthers, your Syracuse Orange. We may be in that. We're left behind group. What do you yeah. make of all this college football, yeah. college basketball realignment? I hate it. I hate it. I mean, Syracuse should be in the the Big East. Uh, screw the ACC. It's always weird to me uh, seeing them play like Duke and, and, and UNC in the ACC tournament. They are a Big East team. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to this stuff. I hate when they realigned it and 
Everything got out of whack a few years ago. It's never quite felt the same. Georgetown is back, but they're gone. And ugh, I hate, hate it. Uh, those were the days. I mean, I, I was born in 1982 and, uh, of course, a little young for, like, the heyday of the Big East. But I know all about Lou Carnesecca and Villanova, Roly Massimino and John Thompson. Like, that's to me when basketball, college basketball was at its finest. So now this stuff, with you, like, that is just bizarre to me. I don't know what they're doing. They're ruining the sanctity of the damn sport, the sanctity of collegiate athletics, which has not been sanctified in decades, but we like to pretend like it's all pure <laughs> yes. and, you know, all this stuff, even though they're getting paid. At least now they're getting paid on the up and up as opposed to under the table. Yes. So I don't know. Can't yeah. be surprised, but I'm not a fan. All right, last last MMA question, and then we want Ariel Hilwani to help Greg Bergman here. Oh yeah, um, let's go. I'm waiting. Okay, for it. Uh, just the 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 requisite Conor McGregor conversation question. Um, what do we expect from Conor here? First quarter of 2023 is the latest that I'm hearing. So that could be January, February, March. Uh, there was some hope that he would return. You know, around this time, too soon. It was a year ago, right? That he yep. uh, snapped the ankle. Um, He's definitely training and, and getting into shape and all this stuff, but a little too soon. The the, the latest that they're shooting for as of now um, is first quarter of 2023. So hopefully that comes to fruition. All right. Now let's do this. So we have audio. Now, Laura, you have the order I need to play this audio in, right? We need to play this audio and you got that? Yes. Okay. So, Ariel, basically, Bergman comes on our show. Now, he produces Mason in Ireland these days, uh, which he produced for many years prior to, uh, you know, being the producer that Laura and I worked with when you used to come on the show very regularly. Before Cappy, you know, lied to you, you know, was around and was lying to you about, you know, or not lying to yeah. you about watching. Oh, so MMA. that's why you don't have me on anymore. Okay. Perfect. Well, I mean, Cappy doesn't really know MMA, but if we, if he's going to just, you know, just tell you the truth, then, you know, we'll just have you on more regularly. But just to be clear, I love it. It's just that this particular Saturday night, if I told you guys off air what was going on in my real life, you well, guys it, would be it, like it, this. I mean, look, you go, no doubt you did what you did rather I mean, than sitting at home watching these fights. Ariel, all I got to tell you is this. This is, I, and maybe, you know, maybe I am, I don't know. I don't know about your relationship at home with Mrs. Helwani, but, you know, uh, Scott and his girlfriend, Rachel, um, they, uh, they track each other on their phones. That's right. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. Wait, yeah. you don't track Wait, your wife so, on your phone? No, I don't. And and honestly, when you said what you just said about if you knew what I was doing, I was like, golly, I want to know. Like, it's a good tease, but now I'm afraid to ask. I thought it was a good thing, but then George says the thing about the tracking makes me feel like it was a bad thing. I'm not sure where to go with this now. All I can tell you is this. This is a conversation that if it happens off air and I tell you where I was and what I was doing Saturday night, you would say to me, I would have not watched the fights as well to do what you were doing. Okay. That's all. I'll leave it there. All right. Fair enough. Can you just tell me if it's a good thing or a bad thing? It is It is something that every guy dreams of. Oh, okay. Okay, well, now my mind is going in a million other places. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could throw some out, but I don't know if they're all, you know, G-rated. Yeah. What, what rating like would you give it if it were a movie, Cap? Yeah, What's beyond so, R? What's beyond R? NC-17. What? NC-17. What is this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Could we take this offline? I mean, <laughs> now this is incredible stuff. This is, RL, this is, this is podcast material, oh, not radio okay. material. Wow. Okay. You feel me? Fair oh, enough. my There you go. God. I think he's just pining for an opportunity to appear on the MMA Hour, which everyone listens this to. I tremendous. would break it all down, dude. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Um, all right, Laura, enough with, uh, with um, Katy Perry there. Let's uh, let's go with that was with the, excellent. The, the Bergman sound here, real quick, Laura. Uh, well, that is a good hint, is what I would say. That Katy Perry song. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so anyway, oh my god. Uh, all right, so Bergman comes on our show, and he he basically ripped the show that he normally is on. Okay, and and. I don't think he was ripping them like to be mean. I thought he was just being honest. He had a moment of honesty, and here's what he said. Well, this is this is the reason. It's because that's why I don't like having guests on them because they just don't ask the great questions anymore. I'm sorry. Wow, anymore. anymore. Getting wow. cut up. So, uh, you know, he doesn't like booking guests on Mason and Ireland because, as you heard, he doesn't believe they ask the good questions anymore. That they get the best out of their guests. And clearly, we uh, stirred the pot by reacting the way we did. So then Bergman has to basically face the fire. He is, but, he, but before he faces the fire, 
He's going to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, with his daughter on on a vacation day. And it was not the happiest place on earth because he was off the show and everybody was tweeting him. Mason and Ireland were talking about him. Play the next cut, Laura. Yeah, blanky. So then Bergman got scared is what you're saying. Bergman said, I asked Mario to take it down. I haven't heard it, but sorry. It was supposed to be a play on the non-guest stuff, but I'm sure it sounded bad. Mario said he's taking it down. (laughs) Wait, wait. Why did you make him sound like Because that's because he's scared and I'm nervous because my guys are are mad at me and I'm at Disneyland with my daughter and I'm getting these text messages and I'm so upset about it. All right. So, Bert, there was a promo running of said uh, the thing you heard first. I had never and heard that, by the way. He's never heard this. Yeah, and then so they, yeah, you know, oh, this your, you're hearing this for the first time. For right? the first so time, now yeah. you may go oh, back this at them tomorrow. Fantastic. Beautiful. Oh. So we are now building up perhaps some resentment and anger, which is good for the heel turn eventually. All right, now play the last cut of Bergman being a uh, a puppy dog apologizing to Mason in Ireland. No, I think that's basically what happened. I went on with Sedano and Cap, and I just started spitting fire for some reason that I don't actually have an answer for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it all happened. That I, mean, might I don't be even know the best they answer. Didn't... I don't know why I did it. <laughs> but no, well, at it's... least it's honest. Yeah. Well, course, I mean, it was know. something they didn't even push me into. It is the problem. Like normally, yeah, Sedano and Cap are. By good the way, at that makes me. it worse. Yes. Not better. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't make it better, especially not for me. Yeah, so you know he he was he, he was being honest, but also under you know he was remorseful in in the same vein. So now I want you to toughen him up because clearly he feels a certain way about them, and then he goes and says it on our show. Then he is now he's now festering. I could I could hear the anger uh, gurgling inside of him as he heard that second cut for the first time, and then you heard him in the final cut when he actually faced them face to face. And uh, and was somewhat apologetic. So, what would Ariel Hilwani offer as advice to Greg Bergman to make a heel turn and toughen up on the Mason and Ireland yeah. show? Now, just to be clear, is he here? He's not here right now. Right? Yeah, he's here right, no, he's right, right here. I'm right yeah. here. Oh, what's up, Ariel? Uh, it's uh, it, is it March? Mason, oh my God. what's your first? Greg. No, Greg. What's your... Greg, Greg Bergman. The, the, I grew up in Montreal, and there was a famous radio guy named Mark Bergman, so I apologize for that. I think that's okay. his father. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Listen, uh, first of all, you, there's a lot. There's a, how much time do we have? Do I know we got radio, all the time you want. Don't worry about it. Just go. Okay, there's a lot here. First of all, I will just say, uh, as someone you know who works in the biz, loyalty is a big thing. If my producer went on someone else's show and talked smack about me, I wouldn't sit too kindly over here, okay? Mm. That being said, you did what you did. So what, if, what I would have done if I were you was you talked smack about them, you gave them a, a, a sort of com, you know, constructive comment, and they, they came back and, like, you know, hit you with a one-two. If I were you, I would have doubled down on the original comment. I would have said, guys, listen, you know, your fastball used to be 98. You're now throwing 85. There's only so much that I could do. And if you can't take the criticism, then maybe this business isn't for you anymore, all right? Ooh. I have to go on someone else's show and say to them in hopes, in hopes of it coming back to you, because clearly you guys are way too sensitive. How do I know that you're sensitive? Because you're now making a whole big stink about the fact that I said you don't ask those questions. And guess what? I'm not the only one who feels this way. Mm. And so here I am as a great producer booking great guests for you. And you guys are fumbling every single time. It not only looks bad on me, but it makes the show weak. So I'm trying to build your strength. But at this point, because you're throwing 85 at best, I can't produce a good show. So I had to go on someone else's show in, in order for you to get the criticism. And clearly what I thought was going to happen happened because you guys are too sensitive and you think you're still great. When in reality, you should be able to take some constructive criticism. If you need me to write the questions for you, I'd be happy to write the question for you. But let's Ooh. not turn this into a me thing. This is not a me thing. This is a you thing. You're the ones who aren't asking the good questions. You're the ones that everyone's saying have lost their fastball. So don't make this about me just because I told the truth. All right, sometimes, guess what, buddy? The truth hurts, or buddies. The truth hurts. So, yes, should I have said it to your face? Should I have said it in our morning meeting? Maybe. But did I want to deal with all this crying and whining and diva-like behavior that you guys have exemplified today? No. So I had to go to your other, you know, your colleagues and do it in hopes of it coming back to you. And maybe this will be a teachable moment for you because, guess what? I don't regret anything that I said, all right? Get better. Do better. And maybe I'll take it back. Wow. 
Oh, wow. See, Bergman, that's how you do it. That's a heel Wani right there. Yeah. That Let me was tell you great. what you don't do. Let me tell you what you don't do. Uh, I don't I don't know what, why I said it. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, like, come <laughs> yeah. on. What was that all about? You went to the – I mean, is it, is, this, is it unfair to call you guys competitors? I mean, everyone's kind of competing, right? But you're on the same team, but you're – Oh, yeah, they, they, they're a little jealous that we're like the show on the rise. Well, I mean, we're yeah, – like, if you, were, if you were going to score it, Ariel, it would be like six to five – Sedano and Cap versus Mason and So we, we had an award show uh, for the station where we had a 1,000 people paid uh, like 25 bucks to come watch our, like, we put on a show, like a live show and an yeah. award show style. And, right, our show won six awards and their show won five awards. Wow. That's yeah. bragging rights. No, so, it's I mean, a big upset. It was an upset. Dog. It was an upset. Yes. Yeah, mate. Mason and Ireland, haven't they been doing this since, like, 1987? I mean, yesterday's news, let's be honest. Like, legends, but, like, you know, okay, it's out with the old, in with the new. And uh, it sounds to me like Bergman's trying to, you know, he's trying to cozy up to the, the new kids on the block. And uh, he said what he had to say. The last thing I would have done was backtrack, you know. Yeah. Can't backtrack in that. Do you believe it? Tell me right now. Do you believe what you said? Do you stand by what you said? I think that Mason and Ireland are great radio hosts. You're so full of <laughs> crap. No, 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 no. Do, you, do they, do they ask bad questions? <laughs> do they ask bad questions? I think that they the are best, great Greg. radio Greg. hosts. <laughs> when you book guests on their I don't book guests. Doesn't. I don't book guests. They don't, he doesn't book oh, guests oh, anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, you're, the way you said that with like all the like, well, I don't book guests because you do something way more important than book guests. Guess what? I've been doing this for 15 years. I've booked every single guest who's ever appeared. So don't look down on people who book guests. No, I'm not. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't look down on it. Well, and okay, and like by the did. way, but it, it sounded like you did. And by the way, then does it, it ha, didn't this all start with you saying the reason that you don't book guests is because they ask bad questions? Is, did I misread that? Those, that was what I said on the show the other day. Yeah. But you didn't really. Wait, mean that. I am not getting myself into any more trouble. You're doing a great job of trying to push me into it, especially with the snake charmer Sedano over there. That's good. Oh yeah. So here's it. the other thing. So Mason, after all this was said and done, and and, and Bergman, you know, uh, was it cowtoed, uh, cowtowed to them? Cowtowed. Um, yeah. Then, do, oh Lord, do you have the sound of Mason calling me a Let snake? Let me pull you, it up. Let me pull it. Oh, up. That, that, then Mason. So he he chummied up back back up to them. And then he, he got Mason to then take the shot at me, which is, of course, what he wants to do. He wanted to take a Can shot I ask at me. A question before you play the clip? Yeah, Sedano, so th you're, there's you're a old, separate clip old here. School, but, but wait, before you play, you're an old school wrestling fan, right? Yeah. yeah. Is this a work or a shoot right now? Because if this is a shoot, like, we could go all – I'm just not sure. Like, this seems like some real inner office, like, drama, which I oh, love. Oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. which I love, which I'm here for. Shoot. Yeah, there, it's, it's a shoot. It's a work or a shoot. I, I, I would say it's a shoot. Wow! I think I think wow. it gets I think it gets played off as a work, but it's a shoot more. You know, I would say more times than not. So you, you know so what it sounds like it sounds like Bergman worked himself into a shoot. <laughs> so so Bergman then cozies back up to them and you know grovels at their feet. Well, and well, this is what, groveling. What you groveled? You were a groveler. Um, you are a Mister Groveler. Okay, Greg G. Bergman. Greg Groveler Bergman is your name now. Uh, so here's what Mason then said about me. I mean, yeah. And by the way, leave it to you and you and Sedano. Sedano's amping this whole thing up too. Well, of course what, he is. He that's, walked that, right into a trap. Where, that's where he lives. I mean, I did walk into a trap. Sedano can be kind of a snake. He, <laughs> he pulled this out of you during the show, and I do not. I mean, I kind of did it myself. There's no excuse for going on another show and trashing the one that you work with. I mean, well, you agreed with the last part, but here's what I would say, Ariel, and this is where I fought back, and then our audience did a great job of doing photoshops of me and Bergman, where I said, I'm not the snake here. Bergman is the snake. He's the one saying the stuff about you and then now all of a sudden freaking out because you're mad about it. I, Ariel Hawani, George Sedano, snake charmer. I mean, there's a lot of snakes being thrown around. If you ask me, you're just the shooter in all of this. You're just the one telling it like it is. There's a, it seems like there's a lot of people trying to backtrack, trying to sugarcoat, trying to say this, trying to, 
it feels to me like you're the only straight shooter in this whole operation. If I'm I mean, being well, honest Cappy too. You, so. Cappy too. Cappy but I am. But I'm waiting to be tagged in so I can jump right, off go the ahead, top Cappy, ring rope. Jump in, I can jump just, in, I can Cappy. Just we got full a couple body more slam somebody. Yeah, I mean, that's just yeah, what yeah. I'm waiting for. But right now, George is controlling the entire situation, meaning he's by himself in a ring and he's beating up on everybody. So I'm yeah. over here just when he when he needs a little break, I'll just jump off the top ring rope if you're I. You're waiting to. for the. You're wait. You're waiting for the hot tag. You're waiting for that moment when he comes over slowly, slowly, and then he tagged you, and then the whole arena explodes. Right. I want to back down from these guys. These guys seem like trouble, if you ask me. They seem like very sensitive. They don't like the fact that you guys won six to five. They don't like the fact that there's new kids on the block that are stealing their shine. And it seems like they're taking everything way too seriously. And if I were you, I would just continue to ram it down their throat. Beat them with success. All right. I'm, I'm not impressed with their actions today. And, and, and I'm still confused whose side Berman's on, this side, that side. He doesn't want to, you know, own up to his previous comments, which I think he should have. He books the show. He doesn't book the show. There's a lot of things that he has to figure out, if you ask me. Yeah. And by the way, Cappy and I are like the rock and sock connection, I feel like. I, you know, oh, I'm clearly I'm, I'm the rock. But. But, I like to do, but I like to do like the interviews. You know, like when there's an interview to be done, I, that's when I turn on my inner Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. So just oh, oh, you know what? Sort of like, Go ahead, Aaron. Well, I was just going to say, sort of like today's spot where you have the MMA guy on and did zero research whatsoever on the topic. <laughs> Correct. That's exactly, exactly right. Exactly. Perfect. But he does do a uh, somewhat halfway decent Dusty Rhodes impersonation. Would you like to grade it? Or would you like to hear it very briefly? I would love to. Go ahead. Are you, du- are you a Dusty Rhodes fan? Hard times. A son of a plumber. I know all about the American dream. You want to you want to do this together? Let's do a duet. Here goes. No, you don't know you. about you. you don't know about hard times, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times. That's tremendous. Well done. Yeah, there you go. Like that? Look at that, Cappy. Like that? You're getting applause from wow. Helani. Hard times are when the auto workers can't pay their rent, and hard times are when a man has worked in a job for thirty years. Thirty years. They give him a watch. They kick him in the butt, and they say, "Hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard time." Oh, that's <laughs> that great. That and was Rick Flair, really good. You put hard times on this country when you took Dusty Rhodes out. I admit, I may not look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My honey's just a little bit big. My belly's just a little bit big. But brother, I am bad, and they knew I'm bad. And there were two bad people, and one of them is John Wayne, and he's dead, brother. I mean, I could just keep going uh, on and on and on, Ariel. Yeah. Now, did this that make up really for good. the? The lack of preparation for the MMA segment? 1,000%. That was true. In my mind, I'm thinking, American Dream. He's just the common man. You guys know that or no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Well, Ariel, thank you for putting up with our nonsense. (laughs) It it was great hearing from you. We will have you on more regularly and just have Cappy do impersonations for you if he doesn't want to do the research. Listen, anytime. Uh, you want to talk old Expos trivia, Dodgers trivia. We could talk Blue Monday. You want to talk about, by the way, Bill's Rams opening night. Of course, we have to Oh, talk we that. definitely need to have you on for that. Yes. You want to talk about that Benedict Arnold Berman. You want to talk about Laura. <laughs> you want to talk about, we could talk about whatever you guys want. We want to talk about <laughs> how Frank Vogel got done dirty by the Lakers. We could, talk, we could shoot about anything you guys want. I would uh, shoot about anything you guys want, but it's always a pleasure. And uh, I really enjoy talking to you guys. And I just want to say, oh, there it is. I got you. Man, I saw you. I saw you doing some play. By, you, are we doing play by play, Summer League? I, I I am, and I'm doing. I did some college football, some NBA on radio. It's been uh, uh, it's been fun. Yes. Remember me and you and Vince Carter, 2019. We did. You and I. We did it together. We worked together. Yes. It was great. It was um, great. You are the you best guys. in the business. He is the best in the best in the business at covering mixed martial arts. Uh, combat sports in general, I would say. Uh, Ariel uh-huh. Hawani, wow. subscribe to his podcast, The MMA Hour, and check out all his work. Follow him on Twitter, at Ariel Hawani. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Toughen up, Birdman. <laughs> Toughen up, Birdman. Thanks, Hawani. Birdman. Yeah. I like that he switched you to Birdman now. Yeah. By the way, 710. <laughs> All-Star Friday Night Bash. Wiffle Ball Bash. All-Star Softball Game. Join the party. West Covina Sports Complex. Friday. July 15th, caller number five right now, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Gets a playing spot in our Wiffle Ball Bash, the Home Run Derby. And two tickets to uh, the Capital One Play Ball Park in 
MLB Live in downtown L.A., July 16th through the 19th. It's the ultimate all-star fan experience with something for the whole family. For tickets and info, visit allstargame.com. But Caller 5 right now gets hooked up. So be Caller 5 right now. Come on, Cappy. Hey, hey, you, Come on, you hey. have to know who this is. This is like as popular a, an artist as there is in the world right now. Cappy, the voice. Boy, you guys are asking me who this is? Yes. Oh, I mean, it sounds to me... Oh like, I know Here the voice. Go. Shazamming. As I'm speak. not shazamming. I swear to God. I swear to God I'm not shazamming right now. You just uh, swear to God. So yeah. You know what happens. Right. That's why I'm... T- that, that's the level of, of... I want to impress upon you that I'm not shazamming right now. But the voice and coming off of my Hebraic Canadian hermano, Ariel Helwani... By the way, Ariel Helwani getting rave reviews in the community. People are loving him. They think he should be a weekly guest. I mean, Was that Drake? Be. Yes. yes, it was Drake. Yes. Okay. Did you? Did it Shazam finally pop <laughs> up? No, no, no. I'm telling you, I knew the voice. And come on, Laura, you play Drake because Ariel Helwani's a Hebrew brother from Canada, right? I play Drake because that's a really good song. Siggy is yeah. a really good song, and I, yeah. I liked when you guys. Well, were and, and he is that. also um, he uh, is Canadian, he's Jewish and Canadian. Jewish. Yes, like like Ariel. Yes. I thought that's why you played it. No, yeah. but I had to play uh, Ariel's intro song. I told George, yeah. I was like, I still remember. So, so, so Bergman, how was that interview? That was a very good interview from Ariel Hawani. Or Heelwani, too. <laughs> both of them. You mean he Dude. was good, or you mean like we were all good together? I thought, I thought everybody did a very good job on their interview today. <laughs> even the guest. <laughs> I, I, love, I love how you see, but that's how you go heel. And it would have been better, I think, if you went heel. But I think know be, what, it would have been fun to go heel, but that would not would have, have been, been the right later. choice. But I'm going to oh, tell you guys on. right now. I'm going to tell you something, though. This whole Bergman versus Mason in Ireland was the yeah. early leader in the clubhouse for beef, beef of, the, of year the year for the Mandy's. Yeah, yeah. But what we have just done is we've just taken this whole thing to another level. Because here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow on Mason in Ireland, you thought they were upset before. Wait till they replay all the things that Ariel said about them. <laughs> they're going to ban him, even though he's never been on the show. Right? They're going to be. Like, I didn't say anything in that, just so we're clear about all of this. And I said they did a good job. They were a great show. Wait, Wonderful let's, let's, people they are. Can we laugh about the fact that Mason will ban him, and they've ne- he's never been on the show before? I mean, that's brilliant. That is. He, and if I were Mason, I'd do the same thing. Ban him. He's banned. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Tomorrow, when Mason and Ireland get a hold of this, and they hear the comment about having these guys been doing this since 1987, I mean, out with the old and in with the new, and they're just jealous. I mean, all these things that, once again, what are you calling yourself now? The snake what? Snake charmer. When the snake charmer charms the snake, yeah. this is what happens. Yeah. Somebody gets bit. Yeah. And I charmed Ariel. This charmed time. him right into it, like a like a king cobra. Standing up, he got his body all flexed out. And then bite. Can we cut? Can we cut up him going? Yes, one hundred percent. I mean, me George, if we if we really wanted to, between the two of us, I feel like we could do an impression of an entire zoo. Like, let's do a zoo <laughs> tour where you like take us over to the bird section and you give us your all your great bird sound effects. You know, that bird, bird taking off. Yeah. That bird kind of sounded like my sound effect yesterday when Lindsay was throwing the axe in Vegas. Thump, 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 thump. No, you see, your mine is like I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, use, like an F sound uh. where yours is going thump, 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 like TH. All right, let me try it. Because when it hits the wall, thump. <laughs> you're such an idiot. No, it's true, dude. <laughs> you really are an idiot. Thump. But you're in the meantime, poor, poor, poor Bergie, man. No, no, let's stick yeah. to let's do your bird sounds. I like those. Those are good. Greg, By the way, guy. I thought the greatest like like under the radar diss was when he said when he dissed you for not preparing for the MMA. <laughs> yeah, but what am I going to do? Lie to the guy? Good. I mean, what am I going to do? Like, I mean, that was kind of funny. Well, but to his point, like a professional would have been like, let me just figure out two questions I could ask mm-hmm. you. I'm not doing that, man. I mean, Come you could have asked. Oh, you could have asked him the Conor McGregor question. That's like very. I could have been like, so Amalga Magoff. I mean, that guy right there, I mean, what a knockout punch he had this weekend, Habib right? Namaga Madoff. And, and, and Ariel had been like, what are you talking about? He wasn't even fighting. Do you think yeah. Ariel just went, like, blacked out completely and just was a totally different person at that point? Like, he woke up out of it afterwards and was like, I have no idea what happened. 
No, he texted me back. He said that was really fun. Yeah. Ariel's amazing. I'm, he was he was very he was good. Awesome. I know, Didn't but the we things have him that weekly he said. Before? Well, not weekly, but we there he was, was like a run regular. in the UFC where they were the only sport happening. Remember? Well, that's true. During the pandemic, there was Fight Island, and they were fighting. Oh, in Fight Island. Island. Oh my God, Fight Island! You wow, guys remember that. with Keyshawn because of it, Greg? I, I remember. Did? Yes. Didn't you and Keyshawn? For Fight Island? No. Yeah, because they made a Fight Island 7 Oh, we did like man. a fake thing of Fight Island and who and would win in Fight Island. And I think Island Sedano or... pushed you into the whole Keyshawn. Yeah, I made you beef with Keyshawn by true. accident. Yeah, it, it was Snake Charmer again. You know, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, by accident. By accident, you made me beef with Keyshawn. Yes. <laughs> and then, then Bergman, Keyshawn. Oh, Keyshawn was not happy about What's that. What's the next big <laughs> UFC fight that I can watch? And then when Ariel comes back on, I will be completely prepared. I will have watched the entire card. And I'm going to blow his mind by not talking about the main event. Or the co-main event. Oh, gonna you're going to go some, like the, the prelims? Right. I'm going to find some random fight, you know, from the early parts of the fights. I'm like, hey, Ariel, how about that first fight that you probably weren't even watching because nobody was? It was a prelim. But how about that performance out no, of a Goggle's leg He watches every. The, okay. You don't become the best in the business at something by not watching everything. All right. Well, I mean, next fight, let me know. You know Tell what me. I should have done? I should Tell have me. fed you a question about like a fighter who didn't fight. In retrospect, that would have been Oh, hilarious. that would have been like the great. hardest name you could have possibly No, I come could have just been you. like very simple. Like the Misha Tate fight was canceled on that card. And then I've been like, I should have just texted you. Hey, ask him about the Misha Tate fight. Oh, that would have been so great. Like all these kids that he didn't know about and he was making up schools and stuff. Oh, Cap would have absolutely been like, oh, so I watched this whole thing with Misha Tate and it was fantastic. What do you think yeah. about it? Yeah, this Misha Tate thing was really, I found it to be quite interesting. In fact, I'll go so far as to say fascinating. I know George thought the same thing. Ariel, what would you think? And he'd be like, what in goodness God's name are you talking about? <laughs> he'd be about? like, what? Misha Tate didn't fight. What are you talking about? Oh, she didn't? Oh, my B. <laughs> my B. Oh, this is so great. Poor Bergie, though. I'm telling you, Greg, I Why feel for you, man. Be well, only because, <laughs> only because here's what's going to happen now. Tomorrow, Mason and I are going to, they're going to lose their minds. When they hear what Ariel Helwani was saying about them, and all well, no, of this the is, guy Mike what was the guy the caller Mike and whatever uh, you know we'll call back and he's like hey did you hear what Ariel Wani yeah, said on right. you guys hear that? right you and hear Bergman, the latest that's the snake right there no but here's what's gonna happen Bergman is gonna he's gonna say like Bergman didn't defend you right yeah it's gonna be some <laughs> other thing there's gonna be something else that's gonna piss him off and I'm gonna have a whole another thing I'm gonna have a sit down for 35 minutes being like all right so this is what we gotta do gotta work it out let's let's me and you work it out I think maybe though when they come back at you. Maybe you should follow his advice. No, probably won't. I think you go heal, man. Just lean into it. It would be fun. Oh, flip the script. There you go. I got wow, it. I forgot God. when I used to say that. Flip the script, Bergman. Flip the script. You're the boss. <laughs> Come on, mini boss. <laughs> Wait, Show no, them. Kaplan, do that again. Flip the script. <laughs> Show them who you are, mini boss. <laughs> uh. Flex those mini boss muscles. That Koopa Troopa muscle? Exactly. You're supposed to have a hard shell. That's right. Oh, I do have a hard shell. That's why I can take all of this. <laughs> Laura, Laura is fully dying right now. Can you hear her through my microphone? <laughs> what happened to Laura? She's dying laughing. I don't, I don't know if I've seen her laugh like this in a long time. She's crying. Oh, man. Oh, this right, show has gone off the rails today. He produced us just now. He just said to rap. Yes, rap. Good producing. Yeah. I would